Growing up, I didn't really understand who God was. My relationship with him never felt personal to me. When I prayed, it felt like I was talking to a blank wall. I would never hear anything back, and I wasn't sure if God was even listening. It just felt like he was some big man in the sky. My earthly father also passed away when I was two, so I didn't even know what growing up with a dad did feel like, and I think that probably made God the Father feel even more absent in my life. A year ago, I started writing out different attributes to God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit because I felt like God wanted me to know the different roles they all had. The concept of three persons in one is also known as the Holy Trinity. Today, I'm going to talk about who each of those distinct persons are and their different attributes. Dear younger me, the advice that I would give you is to dig deeper into understanding who God the Father is, God the Son is, and God the Holy Spirit is, because only then will you understand your relationship with each one of them. The word Trinity isn't mentioned in the Bible, but the idea of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit exists throughout Scripture, starting with Genesis 1.26. It reads, Then God said, Let us make man in our image, after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the heavens, and over the livestock, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. God uses the word us, meaning there were other persons with him. Jesus and the Holy Spirit. It also says in Matthew 28:19, "Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit." And 2 Corinthians 13:13 13, 13 reads, "The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all." So throughout these passages, you can see that God consists of three distinct persons, and every person has a distinct function meaning they have different roles. Yet all three persons are equally all-knowing, all-powerful, present everywhere at the same time, eternal, and unchanging. According to Charles Stanley, who is a senior pastor at a Baptist church in Atlanta, God the Father creates a plan, God the Son Jesus implements the plan, and God the Holy Spirit administers the plan. Genesis 1-1-2 writes, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. John 1.3 also writes, All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. And this verse is talking about Jesus. So we can see that God exists in three persons, and they are all God. And now I want to start off with God the Father's attributes. I'm going to be reading different verses from the Bible that give you a clear picture of who God is. Psalm 145.8 The Lord is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. Joel 2.13 And rend your hearts and not your garments. Return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love, and he relents over disaster. Deuteronomy 32.4 the rock, his work is perfect, for all his ways are just. A God of faithfulness and without injustice, righteous and upright is he. Ephesians 2.4 But God, being rich in mercy, because of the great love with which he loved us. Hebrews 11.6 And without faith it is impossible to please him. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. Leviticus 19.2 Speak to all the congregation of the people of Israel and say to them, 
you shall be holy, for I, the Lord your God, am holy. Revelation 4.11 Worthy are you, our Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power, for you created all things, and by your will they existed and were created. And now we're going to move on to Jesus' attributes. John 10.11 I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. Matthew 11.29 Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Acts 3.14 But you denied the Holy and Righteous One, and asked for a murderer to be granted to you. Mark 10.45 For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. Hebrews 12.2 Looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. John 5, 21-22 For as the Father raises the dead and gives them life, so also the Son gives life to whom he will. For the Father judges no one, but has given all judgment to the Son. John five nineteen. So Jesus said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, the Son can do nothing of his own accord, but only what he sees the Father doing. For whatever the Father does, that the Son does likewise. Luke 24, 7 That the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified and on the third day rise. Genesis three fifteen, I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and her offspring. He shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. And this verse means Jesus will conquer death and win over Satan once and for all. John 1, 3. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. 1 John 4, 14. And we have seen and testified that the Father has sent his Son to be the Savior of the world. And last but not least, here are the Holy Spirit's attributes. Acts 1, 8. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. John 14:26 But the helper the holy spirit whom the father will send in my name he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that i have said to you John 16:8 And he when he comes will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment John 16:13-15 When the spirit of truth comes he will guide you into all the truth for he will not speak on his own authority but whatever he hears he will speak and he will declare to you the things that are to come. He will glorify me, for he will take what is mine and declare it to you. All that the Father has is mine. Therefore I said that he will take what is mine and declare it to you. Romans 8.26 Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know what to pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. Ephesians 1.14-16 the Holy Spirit is the down payment on our inheritance, which is applied toward our redemption as God's own people, resulting in the honor of God's glory. This verse means that it is guaranteed that God will come back for us because he owns us and our salvation cannot be broken. That's kind of what a down payment is like. Romans 8:11. If the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his Spirit who dwells in you. 1 Corinthians 12, 11. 
All these are the work of one and the same Spirit, and He distributes them to each one, just as He determines. This verse means the Holy Spirit gives all Christians spiritual gifts so we can build up the body of Christ, yet it is the same Spirit who gives us those gifts. Galatians 5, 16-26 But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit, and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other, to keep you from doing the things you want to do. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are evident. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. So this passage says that if you walk by the Spirit, you will no longer want to satisfy the desires of your flesh, which is basically the Holy Spirit enabling us to do all the things that God wants us to do. All right, everyone, and that is all I have for you today. What I encourage you to do is to write down all these different attributes under each person so that you can create a mental image of what these different persons look like. This will help you see how vast our God is and how he plays different roles in our lives at different moments in time in order to father us, to befriend us, and to convict us. Thank you so much for listening, and if you found this episode helpful, please share it with your friends and family and leave me a review on Apple Podcasts. I would love to read them. Thanks so much, and I'll see you guys next week. Bye!